You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. It's Mella, and I'm the witchy Southern Belle in Bell Book and Candle. Our special guest today is author McCullina Cayley, here to talk about her personal story of living a Celtic life here in modern America. McCullina, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about your background as far as your personal story. What do we need to know about you to better understand this point of view that you're going to be telling well, us? Well, um, my early childhood was memories are of no electricity, no running water, very primitive kind of background. Wow. Obviously, I've escaped that. You know, I'm no longer living like that. (laughs) (laughs) How long did you live that way? In my memory for 12 years, but I've had medical problems, Mm. so it's all kind of sketchy about all Mm. of that. But people can read about it in my autobiography, Noria, which is what got me into writing when my American mother asked me to write about it so that really kind of is self-explanatory if they read Noria. Where do we find that? Amazon.com is where you can find um, Noria and my other books as well. Awesome. And the hardest part now is living in this world of selfies and Instagram, Snapchat because even my modern parent, well my parents, they, you know, it taught me to be very modest about sharing my image. And, mm. But when you want to do something like writing, you have to put yourself out there. So that's kind of been the yeah. struggle of, between the Celtic faiths of being very modest and not accepting credit for things you do and not putting your face out there a lot and then trying to be a well-known writer or at least somewhat well-known and you know just living in a world where everybody's on Instagram and FaceTime and YouTube. Yeah that must be very difficult because that's it's like two opposite things where you have to get yourself out there you have to be seen you have to just let people know who you are in order to get people to even purchase the work you're doing but then if you have this other side kind of working against that that must be just a a struggle exactly it's almost a daily struggle luckily i live um about an hour and a half or so outside of nashville in tennessee on a hardwood tree farm and the celts are very big into Mm. trees and nature and so i can just walk out my door and be surrounded by trees and wildlife I've had deer, baby deer in my meadow before, and so that kind of helps ground me and keep me um, attuned to the earth and not so boggled down with all the modern stuff. Yeah. So when you say a Celtic life, um, does that include, you're saying that includes your spirituality? How is that different from maybe other pagan paths such um, as Wicca? I think that the reason it's different from, like, say, Wiccan is... There's lots of spells, from what I know, this is just my um, knowledge. I um, don't know Mm -hmm. much about Wiccan, but I do know that they have lots of spells, lots of 
reading from the Book of Shadows. They use incantations, charms. Celtic faith is more about Mother Earth and Father Sky. We are very in tune to the Earth. We get as much as we can from the Earth. We grow our own food as much as we can. Some people, even like in Northern Europe, will grow their own wheat to make their bread and things. You know, it's not exactly mm. good on this rocky soil that we have here in Tennessee. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we have only one on the entire compound, which is two houses, there's only one television, <laughs> mm. no cable. <laughs> So it sounds like it's it's still to to certain people that would sound still pretty primitive. Yes, yeah, you know, I have friends that have got you know tellies all over the house and smart yeah. houses that will turn on their alarm for them the second they lock the door and things. Right. <laughs> and, I mean that's fine. <laughs> if that's how people want to live. I have no problem with it. You know, it's just not how we live. Right. What is the strangest thing that you have had to become comfortable with in this switch from your childhood to this modern America? Taking pictures of myself. Mm. I finally found, thanks to one of my nieces, Snapchat, and I just played with it because mm. I, like the publishing company wanted pictures for the book. I just got asked to do advertising mm-hmm. for a local nonprofit, you know, and I want to do those things because they're good. Mm-hmm. You know, local nonprofits, an excellent yeah. company. And that's been the hardest thing is getting out of that shell. But luckily I have a friend mm-hmm. um, who's an actress and a model out in California. And she's been really helpful with, she was there during my first ever photo shoot. And she was like really helpful and, uh-huh. In fact, she took the camera and was taking pictures, and that was really fun because <laughs> it made me laugh and oh, made me comfortable. Nice. Yeah, that's always important is just to, to find a way to just feel comfortable, not only with your own skin if you're not used to having pictures taken of yourself, but just to be comfortable in the environment as mm-hmm. well. I mean, I'm definitely not going to do it for a living, <laughs> but I do want to be at least comfortable yeah. <laughs> you know, when someone's snapping my picture at an event or something, you know, I want to at least be comfortable that way. Yeah. What else have you had to, has there been any belief systems or just ways of living that you have had to completely transform with this life in America? Um, I've had to transform. It's really not a belief system. It's that I've had to just kind of get over the shell shock of, so many different types of cultures and things coming at you and but it's also so wonderful that you know this is a country that's got so many different cultures and everything happening at it yeah they definitely call it a melting pot for a reason what drew you into to writing you said you you wrote your autobiography was that kind of the first start into the into the world of writing it was it was the very first start my mom um during these health problems asked me to write about this life and i did Mm. and she asked if i should get it published i did it through a glamour publishing company that no longer exists 
but create space, love the book so much that they say, we'll just, you don't have to pay, we'll just let you do whatever you want, publish through us. So it's like one step mm. up from Glamour. It's not like a major publishing company, but it's, it's be- mm-hmm. I would love to have like Random House or some company like that pick up the books. Like, yeah. You know, this is good. What other types of books do you write? Um, I write about one of the first known female ocean rescue. High, like We don't know if she was an official captain, but it was told that she would do she had a degree in medicine and she would do surgeries on the beach in the 30s and 40s mm. back because they didn't oh think goodness. that doctor that females could be doctors and south florida already had one female doctor and they were like that's enough we don't need wow. any more female doctors that's enough <laughs> that's literally <laughs> what i was told by the historian that they were like that's enough oh my goodness <laughs> so I took oh wow I took like her true story which is imagine a railer and her true story is like one inch long and then I added all these other stories mm-hmm. that I found and created a 12 foot long mm. adventure story I took the knowledge of guardians which is a Celtic thing about souls that have evolved so much that they can watch over other souls christians i think call them angels Mm. but in the celtic faith Mm -hmm. from what i've been told um they're we call them guardians and sometimes they're family Mm -hmm. members sometimes they're distant relatives or just friends that have passed on and i took all of that along with some celtic magic and a bit of old irish is in the first book and wrote the first two of a trilogy called Hallandale Beach. Hmm. Wow. And so you've got the first book of that and there are two more coming? I've got the first two. I wrote the first book, What Happened in Hallandale, in 2012. And it took the, uh, the COVID thing, being sequestered at home, for me to write the second book. <laughs> And mostly to dig deeper into her story because no one knows where mm. her real body is buried. And I just like, went wild with that story, that little piece, that nugget of information and created a whole other story. Yeah. And now I'm working on the third. Oh, that sounds amazing. And is that geared for, for children, young adult? The first one was like 13 and up. The second one... I've is a little darker mm-hmm. so I would say like mm. maybe 16 and up you know young adult high school age yeah you know I my 12 year old niece read the first one but I don't think she's quite ready to read the second one mm. <laughs> or I'm not ready for her to read it oh yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> what is your process for writing uh do you have like a certain ritual that okay every morning I get up and I do such and such amount of time like how do, how do you get into the writing kind of spirit I I literally I pray to the goddess just if it's time for me to write let me know give me something to work with and she'll just mm. give me like a bird will fly by and I'll think oh Scarlet Scarlet Tanninger and I'll just have a poem in my head or I'll think about a scene for another book in the Hallandale Beach series. 
because uh, I don't write my books in order. I write the I write out scenes. Mm-hmm. It's what I call instead of chapters, I call them scenes, and then I just put them all together with my editor. <laughs> my editor is the one who actually puts them in order. Okay. How much does the environment and nature? It sounds like nature, trees, Mother Earth is so important to you. How much of that comes out in your books? I not as much as I would like. I want to write more. I'm working with. In fact, my editor isn't a full Wiccan, but she's kind of Wiccan. She does a lot of spiritual healing, and mm-hmm. I'm wanting to work with her on a book about the Celtic connection to the earth and everything that we do. And there's so many similarities mm-hmm. between what we do and what the Native Americans did, and things like that. So I want to. Um, someday create a book that shows all the similarities. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. What is the, and I ask this question of pretty much all my guests um, that are willing to answer it. What is the most important thing that you have learned on your personal spiritual path? My discovery is that this is my personal path and it's not anyone else's path. And I'm not to try to force my path onto others and I learned that because we live in at least I do here in Tennessee in a very big culture of people trying to push their faiths onto others and I realized that I shouldn't do that that I shouldn't try to push back because I don't like the way it feels and that this is my journey Mm. and it's really even others in the Celtic faith can't journey have this journey the way I see it because we're all individual yeah that's so important when I went to school I love this kind of quote or story that I was told that everybody is walking their own path up to the top of the mountain and only the people everyone's going to get to the top of the mountain only the people who are walking around the bottom telling everyone else their path is wrong are the ones not going to make it to the top of the mountain that is so true I love that quote I love that. I love that. I love that just Me that too. whole idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't worry about other people's path. Just go your own. Yeah, just walk your own and get up there. And if you're, you know, if you're taking the hard side of the mountain or if, or hey, if you're being dropped off by a helicopter, you're still getting exactly. there. <laughs> I want to know more about your thought process of coming up with ideas because I've done a little bit of writing. I'm trying to write a book, but I have not quite finished it yet. And I've been trying for about seven years. So, well, it took me from 2012 to 2020 to write Awakening the Truth. So, I mean, it it can take a while. Okay. Okay. Like for the, I'll use those two books. I'll use the Hallandale Beach series as an example. It's kind of strange and it might sound a little morbid or freaky, but if I am stuck on a scene, I will stare at a picture of the real Captain Thomas, of Laurie Thomas, and I'll just mm. say, okay, Laurie, talk to me. You know, <laughs> what do you want me to tell? Mm. And yeah. Aside from the fictional parts that I kind of add in, I feel like all the tree parts, she's kind of helped me word. You know, I'm basically telling her story. Mm. You know, her husband was a drug dealer and he was using lifeguarding as a front for his drug business. You know, and so she's letting, I'm helping to tell her story 
And if I get stuck, I just stare at her photo and I'm like, help. And sometimes I have to stare for 30 minutes, but it'll come <laughs> if I'm yeah. patient. Okay, yeah. And I mean, I don't know what kind of book you're writing, but you know, just look at something that symbolizes what you're trying to write and just let your mind go. And you might see some words coming or some images and you might get a story in there. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Mine's complete fantasy, like uh, the Hobbit kind of fantasy type of thing, which I think those could be really difficult. You've got lots of room. Yeah, so much room. (laughs) You know, to write complete fantasy, there's no rules. Yeah, it's just a matter of making myself sit my butt in the chair and write. I find other excuses and other things to do. Lock yourself in a closet with your computer. There's no distractions in a closet. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I've done it before. I like that I've idea. Done it before. You just make sure the closet will, a door will open. But yeah, just shut yourself in the closet. Don't bring your phone in there. Just And don't turn on the internet on your computer. Just have the writing part. There's no distractions. Mm. See, that makes so much sense because when I was doing the my most writing, I was taking every weekend going to my parents' house. They have a little bedroom and they set it up as a little writing space for me. I had a little bed there. I'd go there and I'd write all weekend. Then I'd go back to, you know, my home and my goats and my family and everything else. But when I'd go there, it was with the purpose and it was almost like a little closet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that makes so much sense. And here, now we all live on the same property. They live in a camper while they're building their house. There is no, I, I have to go in my closet. Yeah. I have to go in my clothes closet in my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so ridiculous. If anybody who's listening is a writer of anything or just trying to really get something done, a thesis, whatever, that sounds like such a good recommendation. Yeah, I do it. I've done it more than once. I have a pretty big um, storm shelter closet in the little house that mm-hmm. I live in on my parents' property. And I'll go in there and I won't take my phone and I don't have Wi-Fi at my little cottage, personal choice. And so uh-huh. I just write. I mean, there's nothing else to do in there. Yeah, yeah, you have to. <laughs> you have to. That's awesome. It doesn't mean that it's always good, right? True. You just get it out. You exactly. just write. <laughs> so what are you growing in your garden this spring? I know that is so off That's the wall. Okay. But... My mom's the one who does the gardening. I'll take it over when she can no longer do it. Well, she's 70 and still gets out there mm. and does it. She's like, I want to do it until I stop. Wow. But let me see what she does. Um, let me see if I can remember. Zucchini, mm. turnips, all kinds of vegetables carrots, squash. We've tried potatoes and the soil does not like potatoes, so that didn't work. Mm. We had a late freeze, so I don't think the berries are coming out this year. We have blackberries and blueberries, Mm. but I don't think they're coming out. The lemon trees are in the green room and they're doing well. So are the limes. Oh, awesome. Um, Mm. She'll grow watermelon later. And we have hickory nuts. And I don't know what other kind of nut tree mm-hmm. we have. I'm so excited because I have a raised bed garden this year. So I've got, oh, that's great. I've got turnips up out there as yeah, well. Yeah, she used to do those. And then now that she's gotten older, she's taken feeding troughs, like the kind you do for cattle mm-hmm. or goats. 
and fill them with dirt so she doesn't have to bend over as far. Oh, yeah. I have some disability, some some mobility issues with my fibromyalgia. And so that's why I have my boxes that my husband built for me just so that I don't have to get down into the ground. So I totally understand. Yeah. And I mean, she's pretty mobile now. But like I said, she's 70 and she knows that, you know, she's not going to be completely mobile for a long time. So she wants to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally understand that. So where can our listeners find more information about your books and anything else that you're doing that that they may be interested in? I know you also, you write some for newspapers. It is. I create what's called a children's corner for a local newspaper here and a few Mm. other newspapers in the South. And it's basically just a fun educational corner. I do crossword puzzles, find a word puzzles. I teach them about different types of words and little tiny science experiments, like how to um, change the color of a white daisy using food coloring, that kind of thing. Mm. And it's usually geared towards elementary school age. Yeah, you probably did it in school. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's where I got it from. And people can find me on Instagram, just Makulina Kaylee. What's Makulina? underscore Kaylee and they can find me on Twitter which is at Norian Girl which is N-O-R-I-A-N-G-I-R-L but if they just type McCullina Kaylee in Instagram they'll find me and of course all the books are on Amazon and I'll make sure all these links get put in the show notes so any final thoughts for the listeners? Anything that you just want people to know about you? That I'm about being open and welcome to anybody. I want to encourage anyone to follow me. I don't care about gender or who they like or love. The Celts um, are very open to that. I just want people to know that they don't have to hide like that from me. Because it's, I mean, people think that because it's, and you know, like women usually wear dresses Mm. and things like that. And so I wanted to set, you know, I want people to know that's not how we are. Okay. So it seems like there would be a difference. They can't judge your beliefs on maybe what they see from other kind of strict religious Exactly. Because we're, it's all about self-governing, not being strict about what others do. It's about being strict about what you do and staying Mm. grounded to the earth and not letting yourself get too high. Yeah. Walk in your own path. Definitely. McCullina, it has been great chatting with you today. Thank you for being on the podcast. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks again for having me. Not a problem. So y'all check out McCullina's books. I'd sure love to hear what our listeners think about all this. If you get the book and you're reading it and you want to send a voice message, I would love to hear that. I would love for you to comment on this episode with your thoughts and questions. And if you do send me that little voice message, I might just use it on a future episode. Take care and y'all be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash bellbookcandle.